Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. And today we are going to cover the semifinals and the finals of the Great British Bake Off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like the season felt long and short at the same time. I know, because when they did the review of all the bakers from the beginning, I was like, oh, right. This was the same season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why it felt so long, but it, it felt that way to me, too. I mean, it's 10 weeks. We got one episode a week. It's It's been a minute. <laughs> I feel like it felt long for me because of how many of the bakers I wasn't very invested in. Yeah, I could see that. They sent home all the cool people. I mean, not all of them, but it's obviously because of baking ability, but it's also a TV show. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've kind of talked about it. I think some people got sent home before they definitely should have. And someone um, by the name of Dan stayed way longer than he should have. Yeah. Who was in the final? <laughs> we'll get there. Should we start with uh, Patisserie Week? Let's do it. Ooh. So at this point, we're down to Tasha, Maddie, Dan, and Josh. And it starts with a financier. Financier. I called it a financier, but yes. Will you describe this to me? Because I'm still kind of confused. It's I know they're sponges. Mm -hmm. So it's just a cake baked in a mold so that you make small ones. And then each thing, it's like a slightly... Yeah, it's just like a, it's like it's a, like a cake bar, a mini yeah, cake bar. Yeah, it's just a personal size cake bar. But how is it different than a cupcake? It's are cupcakes American? I don't feel like I've ever seen. Have they even ever done <clears throat> cupcakes on the Great British? That's a good question. But I think that this is probably a fancier version, just because oh, there's more sure. space and like this is something that would be in a French patisserie, right? <laughs> um, I don't know how the French feel about cupcakes. I feel like probably not good. So. Yeah, in a way. But you've got a little bit more real estate to kind of get some fancier piping on and to to stick raw cut up cherries on top. Yeah, they did look beautiful. Yeah. I I mean, and I know they're going to be picky this time around because it is the semifinal, but I feel like they were really harsh on Maddie with the the cut cherries. Very harsh. Like, I don't think it looked that bad. <laughs> it's approachable. What are you going to do with a whole cherry and a stem, you know? So at least that way you can just like eat the thing. But Paul was not impressed. No, definitely <clears throat> not. Um, everybody's were kind of okay. I think Josh did a really good job with his, yeah. I feel like they were, like at this point, they're so much more critical on presentation than they have been in the past. Yeah. Oh, Dan got a handshake. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he did the matcha ones. Yeah, and, it was like only a teaspoon yeah, of matcha. Like, why are you calling it a matcha one if it has a teaspoon of matcha? I wonder if there's some sort of rule that if they use ingredients, they have to state them because I would just be like, yeah, it's a financier. Well, especially if you know that Paul is going to like stick his nose up at an ingredient like that. Yeah. What, why don't you tell him there's matcha in it after the fact? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like there's got to be a rule that says that they have to be upfront with all the ingredients and like the flavors they're trying to achieve or they won't get credit for what's taste. I don't know. It's weird to me. Like, just don't. It seems like you're setting yourself up for failure, but Dan succeeded somehow. So yeah, good for Dan and his matcha. I thought the, I liked how classic Josh's sounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I am always a bigger fan of the simple things than when people go really hard trying to make like really complex flavors. Like I can respect it, but it feels like there's something just really tried and true about keeping it simple. Well, especially when <clears throat> someone is consistently doing that over and over and over again and you're like, oh, you're a try hard, <laughs> a.k.a. Dan. Dan. <laughs> yeah, Dan has shown that he has learned almost nothing through this whole thing. Um, did anybody's every time I look at that, I swear I cannot say it. Financier. Not a financier, but um, I think I like Josh is the best out of the flavors. Um, I'm kind of over the raspberry and uh pistachio flavor combination. <laughs> That's so funny. I actually really love that. 
Well, I just feel like it's been done a lot this season. It has been done a lot and this so season. And so it's like, fair. how do we do something new with pistachios? But um, yes, as much as I love Tasha, I was kind of hoping she would do something new. Um, but yeah, I... All in all, um, I would eat a financier. I don't know if I'd ever make one. Yeah, that seems like on the other side of like cupcakes can come together really fast. These seem like they would take a long time to put together because of the level of decoration that you have to do for each one. Yeah, more detail. <laughs> so I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um, The technical. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This was so hard to watch. I wanted to die. I don't know how Tasha and Dan didn't know to cut their apples thinner. Right? Like, as soon as she just, started laying them on the tart, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just feels sort of like baking 101 of like, how much time do I have and how thick is this? Like, that's kind of the point. I guess maybe it's because I watch other baking shows. Like, we're more professionals. They'll bake things like sheet cakes and like really thin pans so that they cook faster. But like you're always thinking about cooking time. And I don't know how you could look at really thick apple slices and be like 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm also interested in the type of apple that was being used. Yeah. Because the color on them looked like Red Delicious. There's no way. They had to have used something. Maybe like a cosmic apple. They didn't talk about what type of apple I know. it was, I thought that though. was interesting because I feel like the type of apple you use is very important with apple desserts. Absolutely it is. Um, they looked really beautiful, though, the ones that were. I know. I honestly don't know if I could have achieved the level of. I know. I'm shitting on Tasha and Dan, but I know also that that is exactly what my cutting looks like. So <laughs> I would just have to let mine bake forever. That's just. There's no way around that. But if you didn't have a time constraint, that'd be fine. But like you said, if you know you have a limited amount of time, your fruit needs to be sliced as thinly as possible. Yeah. And like that didn't look good. When have Prue and Paul ever assigned something? Well, I don't know. I guess the lardy cake coming up is kind of an ugly dessert. But like, I don't know. It just felt like an oversight or maybe like, I don't know. Tasha just kind of panicked. Well, I was also surprised because who was it that said that they had never made a frangipan? I can't remember. Who it that might was. have been Tasha, but I was like, "Wow!" I feel like earlier on, I don't remember what week it was, but everyone and their mom was putting a frangipan in what we were doing. Uh, yeah, you don't go on the Bake Off without knowing how to do frangipan. That's like Great British Bake Off one hundred and one. When Tasha's crust was raw, <gasps> I knew it. Ugh, me too. There was no coming back from that when it was falling apart when she was pulling it out. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, it. I was hopeful Dan also maybe looked like he was shitting the bed, but I guess not quite as much as Tasha, which is a real bummer. I know. Uh, this week was so hard for her, and it was really hard to watch. It was really hard to watch because, like, that's who Solomon and I have been rooting for. It's like. As we neared the end, I was like, okay, Tasha, we can get behind her. I know. And honestly, I think this was one of her weakest weeks. And to have it be the to have the timing work out so that she performed this way in the semifinals is just devastating. It is because like and I maintain this. I think she truly is one of the most talented bakers to come through there. But Patisserie week is really hard and that level of finesse just sometimes takes people a little more time. Like it's not something you can pump out quickly and as beautifully as you are supposed to. She also just made some weird choices, um, which do, do we want to go on to the showstopper? Yeah, this might be a really short one because there's only four people. But yeah, it's definitely time to move on to the showstopper. Uh, do you want to try the Italian pronunciation? <laughs> Um, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mil milfoy, but milfoyo, mil milfoyli, milfoy, milfoyli. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you tried. Good job. A milfoy is the pastry, like uh, puff pastry and then cream in between it. And I guess this is just the Italian version of it because why not? So it's a layered Italian dessert. 
Yeah. The Italian equivalent of the milfoy. With the pastry being the most important part. Yeah, which brings us back to Tasha, who for some dumb reason decided to try a new technique. And it's like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. And Prue and Paul were like, you do know this is the harder way to do it. And she's like, yeah, I like making my life hard. And then... Oh, honestly, like it looked like her pastry like turned out really well. It had lots of layers, even though she panicked. But it took too long. It took too long. So the rest of her dessert was kind of like a rush disaster. It was such a disaster compared to everybody else's. Like Dan really pulled it out. Maddie's, even though it was a little wonky, like he had that height. It looked beautiful, even if it was kind of splooging. Like, ugh. I just, yeah, that was such a bad move. Um <laughs> It was hard to watch. So, like, all of these people can test these. Yeah, you know ahead of time. So you spend time doing that at home. Like, you practice that. And that's why Paul always asks, did you finish? Like, if you did not feel 100% confident with that technique, why now? Like, why go out? Especially when you can make perfectly good puff pastry the normal way. Yeah. Like, there was no reason to do that. Um and then we lost uh, Tasha. That was a bummer. Well, and I guess also, I think it was her mango curd was kind of grainy or something. So yeah. it wasn't even just the. Yeah, it wasn't just. Just the presentation. Yeah, she had some technical issues too. And she did with her um, frosting in the the signature too, kind of curdling. So like she just did not have a good showing this week. And I knew it was coming. That's sad. I know. That was that was a bummer of an episode. I mean, I also felt like Josh was really getting razzed about his position and like that he everybody else had won two star bakers and they were like, Are you gonna win Star Baker? It's like, well, as if there's not enough stress, like leave Josh alone. <laughs> I think Josh is putting more than enough stress on his own plate. Yeah. Him with his picture of his nanny and Every turn we get talking about that, like, Josh does not need any additional pressure. Well, even in an interview with his parents in the finale, his mom's talking about how much of a perfectionist he is. <gasps> yes, I caught that too. Where I was like, he's, where he will do something until he is satisfied with his level of expertise in it. And sometimes that can be too much. That's a harmful. lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dedication and discipline, very admirable, but you can take that too far. So I just don't think that he needs added stress when he's probably putting more than enough pressure on himself. Yes, absolutely. Um, dance guitar. I was hoping that the uh, the um, that mirror glaze being really rubbery was gonna be enough to send Dan home, but alas, Ugh. here we are. The rest of his looked really good, though. He it definitely did. had good presentation, like. And I I did like his creative shape. I will give him that. Um, and then Maddie, Maddie's was beautiful, but he cut his things out with a cake pan. Yeah. And so his his pastry looked like pancakes. <laughs> Poor Maddie. You just don't know what you don't know. He'll yeah. never make that mistake again. He'll never again. make that mistake again. But otherwise, it was he did such a good job with that. Yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. Um I don't know. So Josh gets Star Baker. Not surprised. Yeah, he definitely earned that. And uh, we lose Tasha. So then we are left to our finale with the three men and the two men that I was like, I hope we're not facing a finale with these two guys. And here we are facing a finale with these two guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will say, and I told you this earlier, like I was really surprised by how touched I was by their backgrounds, like the stories that they gave, I at least was able to calm myself and just be like, okay, I will finish this. I'm not going to rage quit. I will, I will see who wins. And if Dan wins, I'm never watching again. (laughs) But don't worry, Dan didn't win. Spoiler alert. Um, But it did kind of touch me how much Josh like clearly wanted to win this for very deeply personal reasons. And it sort of like, I guess, in juxtaposition to Dan, who's just like super pumped to be there no matter what, doesn't really care, pretty laid back about everything. And then there's Maddie, who's just doing this because 
people in his life have encouraged him to do it and think he's really good and he finds enjoyment in it. And I don't know, just kind of the three different takes on how they all got here, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I think it brought in some like diverse perspectives to the finale. And it was interesting to hear their families like comment on all of their backgrounds and journeys. And, you know, despite all of the mean things we've said about Dan, (laughs) it's like, I felt like it was a balanced finale in that way. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. Similar to Christy, you know, he wants to be there, put his kids to bed. And then once the kids are in bed, he's baking in the kitchen and, you know, doing his thing. And I, I admire that. Like, it's cool that he's able to keep his passions, still be present as a father. Like, that's that's cool. I'm yeah. here for that. That's I'll watch Dan. <laughs> um, this, I think, was a pretty fun finale, personally. Yeah. I liked the signature bake, the, the eclairs. I mean, the technical was weird, but we'll get to that. But yeah, yes, I was, I was really excited about the eclairs. Yeah, I thought this was such a fun... Um, challenge because eclairs are something that will come together very quickly, but there is an awful amount of skill that goes into knowing when they're baked. And if you take them out too soon, oh, excuse me, you'll ruin everything. There's finesse in how you make the creme pat. Like there's so many, it's simple, but it is a little difficult in ways too. Like, I don't know. I liked it. Jess made amazing eclairs and shared them with me. And Joe and I were both so impressed. That was so fun. I did that in a class, and I don't know if I could do that on my own. I'm too scared to try. Well, you should try before it leaves your brain too much. It's true. Because they were phenomenal. Yeah, I ate so many of those. Hot tip, if you're in Salt Lake, Fillings and Emulsion does really awesome baking classes, and the owner, Al, will make you a cup of coffee. Like, or he made me an Americano when I got there and then had the most amazing sweet and savory pastries out to like eat. And then we got to eat everything that we were making. I left that class stuffed. It was very fun. Sounds like a good value. Yes. (laughs) I am not endorsed by feelings and emotions, but. (laughs) I mean, they could if they wanted to, but. We will take it. Absolutely. But no. Um, anyway, I thought this was so fun and I liked everybody's flavors. Yeah, same. Um, particularly Banafi. I love banana so fucking much. And I was really pumped that Maddie did that. As soon as I heard his flavor flavor profiles, I was like, <laughs> Jess is gonna be so excited about this. <laughs> and it's my guy Maddie. I know. So I was pretty pumped about that. But Josh's sounded really good too. I love a good mocha. Yeah, I don't know about the tropical, but I'm down for the mocha. And it sounds like they were perfect. Oh, yeah, they did. Prue was really into that. When was this? I don't remember which challenge, but there was, sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but there was one specific moment where Prue, um, Paul was like, I think this is overbaked. And Prue was like, I don't often disagree with Paul, but I think it's baked perfectly. And I was like, yeah, bro, you get it. You stand up for yourself and you tell him what's what. I know that she's done that, but I don't know if it was this moment or. It was one of these two episodes. I just don't remember which challenge it was. Oh, I don't recall that. Sorry. No, I love that. I think Prude, Paul needs to just, I don't know. They need somebody different. It's just a hard dynamic because I feel like Prue just gets trampled and she's just doing like side comments. And I think that she has like a lot to offer with her critique. Yeah, there's no reason that Prue's palate can't take front and center on these bakes. Like if, you know, somebody has an exorbitant amount of alcohol in it and Prue enjoys that, well, way to bake to your audience. Like that's what you should be doing. Also, I think sometimes I wonder if Paul's the kind of guy who is just like looking for something wrong just to like say something's wrong with it. I know every once in a while he'll give like a glowing review, so I don't want to minimize those those moments. But sometimes when he's like, mm, I could say this is overbaked. It's just like, but do you have to? Like you could say it. Like what does that even fucking mean? Yeah, it's, it's just arrogance. Because I also understand like you don't want somebody blowing smoke up your ass. Like if you're going to go on this show, it would be awesome to – learn and grow and evolve and become a better baker. But yeah, comments like that, it's like, well, is it or isn't it? Paul, this isn't helpful. So constructive criticism is one thing. Paul just puffing out his chest as a silverback gorilla is an entirely different thing. Amen. Anyway, sorry, I took us on a tangent. No, I love it. Okay, 
Uh, do we want to move to the uh, technical? To the lardy cake? Lardy cake. Okay. The thing I liked about this challenge is that nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how to bake it. I find that to be like probably one of the funnest technical challenges just because of that. I agree. I also really appreciated Noel's joke to Dan. <laughs> Dan because he was the oldest. oldest. <laughs> I did too. Amazing. Um, but you know, and, and I actually like, this was kind of weird, but at the same time, I think this actually was a really good technical challenge. I, I enjoyed it. And weirdly, even though this kind of thing isn't my jam, if, yeah, like I don't want to eat it. Well, I would I would not seek this out or make it, but if it was available, I would definitely at least be willing to try it and probably enjoy it. And that's weird for me, but I kind of appreciated like the layering in it and then I like texture. It looked like it had really good texture and I can get behind that and the fruit wasn't like candied fruit. It was just like soaked fruit. Though you should soak your fruit in alcohol as Allison pointed out. Um, it did texturally look interesting because it did have some of the like lamination in the bread. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're, it, I, I bet texturally it would be very different from anything else we've tried. Cause it, what did they describe it as? Like a cross between like a Danish and oh yeah, a well, bread. Yeah. I don't know. No. And I like that to me. Yeah. Bread. That to me, is it kind of appealing? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's a mystery. Just like the rest of these bakers. Yeah. Watching them kind of struggle their way through it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maddie came in third. His was raw. Yeah. Dan somehow caramelized his. And Josh, like, pulled it together enough to take first. I mean, that's not saying a lot in this challenge, but I guess anything that helps you in the finale is great. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, anything else on lardy cakes? No. Do you bake anything with lard? No, but I have recently discovered lard at the grocery store, and so I do kind of want to try. Um, My mom baked with lard quite a bit growing up, but I, was, I was just curious if that was something you used in your baking. It sounds really good to me. Um, oh yeah, it's flavor. Fat. <laughs> yeah, fat is where it's at. Sugar too. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I definitely want to try it. I've always wanted to do um, lard in my chocolate chip cookies and make a cookie with that. Should we do a taste test? Yeah, of like lard versus butter. OG. Yeah, I think that would be very fun. Okay, and I'll use good butter too, so we're not even like using. Cheap, shitty Kroger brand. Like, we're going to get Kerrygold butter. We're going to. Oh, damn. We're going to do it right. We'll see what comes out on top. And we will report back. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, showstopper. What did you think about the showstopper challenge? Just like the, the, the cake needed to be based off of your first bake in the tent. No. Oh, it's just first bake Ever. ever. See, I was confused by that too. I did not think that that was a very well-stated challenge. And eventually we got around to the fact that it was their first bake ever. Oh, well, I'm, okay. Uh, but I, that's I how, assumed it was in the tent. And then Josh too. was like, this is the first thing I remember baking with my nan. And so I was like, oh, so it's just first bake? Yes, I was also confused by that. And I swore up and down to saw it. I was like, no, absolutely it is their first bake in the tent. Why would it be their first bake ever? Well, shouldn't they have to like clarify what that was? <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. I'm just going to make something up that uh, is easy for me to do. Yeah, like I'm really excited to do this three-layer cake with these flavors, so I'm just going to like create a story around that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, what happened with Dan. <laughs> His lemon, lemon, Lemon cake? Lemon, lemon, lemon that did not have enough lemon. Oh, man. Um, That was a bummer. I w- him putting those macs on, I Why wanted to die. On? I was like, Why I, did he put them on? I think people sometimes fall into the sunk cost fallacy. And let me just tell you, it does not matter how much time you've invested into something ahead of time. 
if it is shit, it's shit. Don't put it on your cake. Like, just don't. It sucks. I know. Eat it. Just like, but don't display it. Like, it. Well, he even, he even like took a step back and was like, I need to breathe for a second. Like, I could tell he was really overwhelmed with how poorly they turned out. And he still put them on the motherfucking cake. Yeah. And it honestly would have looked so much better without it. Like, that was wild to me that he did that. And I think it just, I think you probably are exhausted and panicked. Like, they all broke down crying. I know that that would be my response to finishing something like this, too. Like, uh, yeah. they're overwhelmed. So, give Dan a pass. Like, I know stupid things happen. I've made bad decisions, too. But just, like, if anybody needs any advice ever from me, like, that's it. Like, don't, don't give in to sunk cost fallacy. Walk away. <laughs> Good advice. Maddie's cake was so incredible. Like. It's clear that he doesn't know how to stack cakes. <laughs> That's okay. Because the flavors of the cake were apparently just like in fuck incredible. I really wanted to try the chocolate layer so bad. It looked beautiful when Paul like does his thing with the fork. Texturally, especially because chocolate cake can be so heavy. Yeah. And then if it's not, it's not very chocolatey. And Maddie's looked like it wasn't going to be chocolatey enough. And then when it was, it was like, I think that's the moment where I was like, Maddie, want it. I know it. I don't even have to question this. Look how shitty Josh's piping is. <laughs> the shade. Sometimes when Paul like does the fork thing, when the texture's right, I can like feel it in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> I am I with like, you. The Salt. cake is melting in my mouth, and I am like recreating Maddie's perfect chocolate cake moment. Yeah, Saul would not stop talking about how perfect the chocolate cake looked. Like, uh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Um, his decoration again. Another smart thing to do is like don't overcomplicate it. And I love that Maddie went with something simple. You and know. I love that his girlfriend like helped him prepare for this moment and he was like trying to remember the art lesson she gave him. I know, like everything the same direction. <laughs> it's so cute. And that was so effective. Like that was such a neat watercolor effect. And it's not that hard. You just, you, you're calm, everything goes the same direction and stick with it. <laughs> and what's so cool about Maddie is I really feel like he has just learned every week we see him get better and better and better. Yeah. And he ha he's humble enough too to like not he he doesn't think that he knows better. He's willing to take in new information and change accordingly. Well, he doesn't know better. So it's nice that he can just sit in that truth. <laughs> Truly, because I feel like sometimes, and I'm sorry, my guys, uh, this tends to be a dude problem. They don't. Like Dan, every fucking week with like, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. He even Why are you doing the macarons? That's too much. He even admitted to it. He's like, I overdid it again. And it's like, why are you never absorbing that criticism? Yeah. Like, Dan, this is why you lost. But it's okay. I think Dan is very happy. Um, Josh's cake had potential. but I, This he, was a really sad critique for me. Yeah. I could just feel it in... I could feel Josh's soul crushing oh, mm -hmm. in that moment. Oh, for sure. When he was called boring and I don't remember what else. There was like something sloppy else. Sloppy about the Oh, yeah, the, the pipe. sloppy piping and that it just like didn't meet their expectations. Like I could just feel that man melting into a puddle into his shoes. It meant so much to him. And I, I hope know. Josh knows that his worth lies outside of this show. And his nan is so... So proud. proud. Of oh my God. She's she's partying up in heaven or wherever it is people think people go. Like <laughs> Yeah. If she's around, she is proud. Yeah, of course. And I think that like I still think that Maddie deserved to win, but I do know just when you know how much someone cares and you can see how much of their self-worth is like yeah. wrapped up in this thing, and then they receive and honestly, I do think that Josh's cake was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the piping, you know, it was mediocre. I'm with I, you. I, I, do I think don't it think it was beautiful. Well, in the house on top, like it really was. It just it I, I knew also that Maddie had won. You know, Paul even kind of hinted like, "Hey, you're putting apple in this. Like, we better be able to taste the apple because that can start to affect oh, that the was texture." The comment that I was talking about. And like 
I, as soon as they were like, we can't taste apple, I was like, it's over. Yes. Oh, that was, that was a really rough critique. That was, that made me really sad for Josh. I feel like I can't decide. I mean, I guess they must have just been harder on Josh because they saw potential, but some of it just like kind of with Rowan, like it felt like people, like Paul, I don't know why I'm just trying to say people, Paul particularly felt the need to make things harder for him. And that's a bummer. Yeah, I I mean, I think Josh did a really good job. I didn't taste his cake, but I still think he showed up and killed it. Yeah, it was, it was, I would be stunned if somebody made that cake that I knew. <laughs> that, to me, is very, it is an impressive cake. Even if it is a little on the sloppier side, it's still, you can, it's effective. You know what it is. You know those are carrots. Maybe it's a pickle. Maybe it's a cucumber. It would be a really cute Easter cake. So cute. With the colors. Yeah. Um, but Maddie definitely deserved it. And no, for sure. And I'm so thrilled he won. Me too. I was a little bummed that everybody except for Tasha was like, Dan. Well, Saku basically was like, it could be anybody. I love Saku. <laughs> so good to have her back. That was amazing. Um. I, yeah, elated when they called Maddie's name. So social media reminded me that Noel said if Maddie won <gasps> this thing, he would get his face tattooed on his chest. Noel will too, I'm sure. I think he will. He better. I just want to take a minute <laughs> to acknowledge how fucking fantastic Noel and Allison were as hosts. Yeah, they had great chemistry too. This is it. This is, she better come back next year. Oh, I hope so. I also loved that Josh said that she's what he would miss in the tent. And then Noel comes up like five minutes later and is like, so. <laughs> I also love the moment of Noel telling Mad Maddie that they should both just like rub lard on their bodies and like roll around <laughs> on the pastry. And Matt's like, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> yes. As he was like rubbing lard into pastry dough. Yeah. I will say that sometimes I feel the stress of these bakers. And when... Noel and Allison are kind of like quipping off in the corner. I There's been times where I'm like, if I was that person, I would turn to Noel and be like, can you fuck off right now? I cannot handle you. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he would roll with that. <laughs> I'm sure he would. But I, I would have like such, you know, I'm such a people pleaser and I wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I, my stress would get the best of me and it would just explode out of my body. Well, you're not British, so that's <laughs> you're not allowed on that show. <laughs> How did these people like tolerate that sometimes though? I think I would just be like, because there was one time where Christy, I think her white chocolate oh, mold was yes. like shattering and Noel was next to her. And and he's like, maybe I'm bad luck. And she's like, yeah, you should leave. But she said it in a really polite British way. <laughs> yeah. Who and I, else? Could, I could feel her crumbling in that moment with her, him next to her. Yeah. There have been other moments too where the bakers have been kind of short or just sort of like not biting on the commentary or the quips that one of the hosts would make. And they kind of just like could read the room and they're like, eh. <laughs> just move away. Gotta go. But overall, I thought that they, they had such great chemistry and it was really fun. And yeah. I, I, I loved it. Um, and then that way, I thought this was a great season. It was. I'll give you that. And Maddie won. Huzzah! Our Congratulations, teacher Maddie. Maddie. Who brought his class brownies and lied allowed his class to think his girlfriend made them yeah is that, is, is that just because you're embarrassed to admit that you like baking as a man I don't know what that is but I don't know what that is either that was a little weird to me but if guys bake, he's engaged now and he won the show oh I thought I always choke up at the end when they show like what everybody is doing like guaranteed I'm crying through it every season oh um, this was no different. I always think, I just think it's so sweet that they all stay in touch and are good friends. And yeah, and they hang out. Yeah. Trauma bond. Which is exactly the play on our name. Drama bonded. Drama bonded. Get it? <laughs> Though the Great British Baking Show is lacking a little bit in drama outside of Alaska Gate. Baked yeah. Alaska Gate, but. Yeah. Otherwise. Um, well, not my favorite season, but it was fun to cover it. Yeah, I really liked that. I, I enjoyed that. Um, anything else you want to add? 
I think we should go to Mexico. But first. Oh, what? Oh, candy review. You guys. <laughs> Jess was on top of it. I was, except I still forgot, even though you reminded me to grab the candy so that we could remember the name. I'm glad we're remembering now in the middle of our episode that we have a candy review. We have a candy review. We do. Reviewing candy with Mandy and Jess. Yeah. Um, I There is this really amazing baking store, which I guess you still haven't been to, Mm-mm. called Orson Gigi's. Um, I love it. I spend too much money there, and I was there today picking up stuff for all my baking, and I found these fizzy bubblegum bottles. And I thought, you know, that's a candy that Jess and Man should try. So they're like three inches tall. Yeah, they're huge. And they're covered in the sour sugar stuff. Citric acid. And they are kind of very sour initially. Like I didn't expect that. Are they even described as sour? No. No. And I feel like I was a little misled on that when I bit into it and it like my face puckered involuntarily. Um, However, given that they are bubblegum flavored, I will say that sour works really well. It cuts through the the intense bubblegum sweetness. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of just basic bubblegum flavor, but I thought that the texture and the sourness of these made the bubblegum actually really delightful. Totally. I am a big fan. I That was an unexpected surprise. I really didn't know what to think when I saw them, but I figured it kind of fit our niche of like really sweet candy that we like, so... It was worth a gamble, and it paid off. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'll eat them. Hell yeah. Well, good. We can finish them after. Um, okay. Mexico. Bachelor in Paradise. This this episode makes me what so was mad. This? It like, was stupid. Wasted 35 minutes 35 of my life. minutes? Of what? I don't even understand why they did that. I don't either. Honestly, like... I guess maybe just a scheduling thing and they couldn't fit everything into the finale. But it was just a rose ceremony that imploded. (laughs) Okay, so first we have Blake and Jess. Loved that. Not, I mean, I'm sad that it ended, like that people aren't happy, but I, I kind of am always a little bummed out when the older guys go for like the youngest women on the beach and it just, I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way because I think younger women are more inclined to just go along with it because it feels good to have somebody, and this is a low bar, treat them well. Yeah. <laughs> and I really appreciated Blake kind of reading the writing on the wall and after talking with Katie, sort of coming to and realizing like, oh, this this isn't it. Like and what Yeah, like I've been on this show multiple times. Mm-hmm. I've fallen in love multiple times. And what we are doing right now is not gonna take us anywhere. We yeah. Are, we are playing paradise. That's the term he used. And I love that because I feel like that was a really good way of kind of stating what was happening without outright like there are also other couples right now playing paradise. And I just love that he had the maturity and yes. clarity to just fucking say it. And honestly, that's going to end so much better for Jess and Blake. Like, let's just not be stupid. Yeah, I thought that Blake handled the situation really well. I was, um, and then he decides to leave. I was really frustrated that Jess's outcome of this conversation was, I feel like a terrible person. Oh, I think this just perpetually speaks to maturity. Yes. And like, it's fine. At 23 years old, you are allowed to be immature. You are allowed to make dumb decisions, not understand things. It is just hard to watch it on television. And it's also sad because you just want to shake every 23-year-old by your shoulders and be like, no, you deserve to be happy. You have agency. You can make choices. You don't have to accept a good thing just because it's a good thing. Like, I think Jess has so many lessons to learn coming out of this season. And if she watches the season back, I hope she really absorbs some of those moments. Me too, because clearly she's a very well-liked person. She just is too invested in being nice or, I don't know, like in a way playing something. Like she's not she's not able to be authentic because she thinks doing what she's doing is going to work better for her. Well, she's worried about pleasing everyone around her. Um, and I can tell you, as a certified people pleaser, that's going to fuck you up. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not going to get you what you want out of life. And you're going to have to work really hard in therapy to create boundaries with yourself and other people. And then eventually you might be able to figure out how to love yourself. (laughs) It's true. So if somehow you could skip the people-pleasing phase, you save thousands of dollars in therapy. And no, in all fairness too, though, I think it took some really capital T traumatic things to happen for me to like get my shit together and stop being a people pleaser and to learn what good boundaries look like and to recognize that if they feel uncomfortable, that's okay. Amen. And, you know, so when I say all this about Jess, it is not under like any sort of harsh criticism, just merely an observation of like, I've been there. (laughs) I honestly think because I can relate so much, it makes it harder to watch. It does. It's sort of like the secondhand embarrassment and just like the squirming. You're just like, I have repeated a line similarly, or I have like, yeah, yeah, fully can appreciate that. So, and it's also cool for Blake to just walk away. Like, that's what needed to happen. Yeah. For him, because he does have the maturity. He's in his 30s. Like, this guy should know, and he did, and he acted accordingly. Props. But what was up with Kylie? Like, Blake, no, no, you can't leave. What am I going to do without you? What am I going to do without you? Blake, no. I don't know. I was stunned. I, like, I was watching as I was baking, and I just, I stopped what I was doing and just you was like. Leave. Kylie, have you said two words to Blake? Like, Blake can leave. Blake is leaving. Why would Blake stay? And I know we don't understand, like, a lot of the casual friendship dynamics as much on the show just because we don't see that as much. Yeah, but Blake seemed confused, too. Yeah, I was like... He, like, got back out of the car. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, wait, is Kylie into Blake? Well... Is this a moment where she's going to be like, I want to be engaged to you. Take me with you. (laughs) Drive off together in an SUV into the night. Yeah, that was weird. I have no idea. Like, I don't think Blake really knew either. He seemed just as confused, honestly. Also, I'm sorry. I know that she ends up, like, talking to Tanner and whatnot, but, like, why did Jess stay on the beach? I think, again, because she's just really thinking. I I suspect. I don't know. This is just just my from-the-hip kind of take on this. It seems like she really... Similar to your stance on Rachel, like just wants to feel wanted and wants to feel part of things. And I think for her, like the bar is just too low. When you listen to the way that she talks about Blake, it has nothing to do with Blake as a person. It has everything to do with the way that he made her feel or the type of person he was in relation to the types of guys she's dated previously. And I kind of get the sense that she's just hoping that there's a relationship that's going to make her feel better or good or something. And, you know, unfortunately, when you're in that position, you make decisions that aren't great for you. You lower your standards. You don't know when to call it good and to, like, just kind of swallow your pride and walk away. I mean, I guess Mercedes said the same thing. So I'm not just throwing this just at Jess. I'm just saying, like, we have one week left, you guys. And I guess maybe, like, hang out for a week, have fun, whatever. but. In the end, the couples are, like, pressured to, like, you, if you continue on, it's because you see a life outside of paradise with this person. And so I just don't know, like, what are you going to find here in a week? I'm sorry. I'm totally with you. Um, Respect, too, for Rachel to just kind of be like, okay. (laughs) But Rachel, okay, we'll get to that. But Rachel got really fucked. Yeah, she did. Um, Before we get there, who else do we want to talk about? Okay, so Aaron and Eliza look like they're probably going to get engaged. Um, Avon and Kylie. Kylie look like, well, it looks like they're going to, but then it looks like in the previews, like shit hits the fan. Drama. Because Avon is saying the same <gasps> things to Kylie as he's saying to Rachel of like, why does it have to be an engagement? Why does it have to be an engagement? And listen, I get it. You and I have talked about this at nauseam. Like, it shouldn't end in an engagement. It should not. However, this show ends in a motherfucking engagement and I do not understand why these guys go on this show and then are so like taken aback that that's what women want at the end of this. Like 
my God, don't go on if you are not in a position that you are willing to propose. You can stay engaged indefinitely, like date for seven years after that. I don't care. But like, it makes me mad for the women who go in with that expectation and the guys are just like, yeah, probably not. That's fair. I do wonder if Kylie watched his season and has like had conversations with him about like, are you ready? Because it seems like you weren't ready for an engagement with Rachel. I'm just saying, like, do you think that that's come up in conversation? I don't know. I think that's one of the downsides of Paradise. While it's really fun and we kind of get to watch everybody's mess, we really miss out, especially when you've got like people who are solid couples like Kylie and Avon. We're never going to see the conversations they have. Like, the, I think the only conversations we've really seen are with them talking to other people on the beach, encouraging them to go shoot their shot or do whatever it is they want to do. Like, I don't know outside of Kylie and Avon being into each other what anything looks like. Well, especially this season when there's been a lack of consistent couples, there's been so much other stuff to cover that, like, we haven't seen any of Kylie and Avon. None. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, Mercedes and Tyler. Okay. There you go. That's a good conversation. Um, props to Mercedes. Yes. I'm really proud of her for holding her own. too, because Tyler's a little worm. Well, I love how she talked about, like, she's been working on herself. This is what she wants. This is what she's ready for. And yes, actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like that is something that we never see talked about on this show is like, in order for you to be in a good position, to be in a healthy relationship, you kind of do have to like have worked through at least some of your shit. Like you do have to work on yourself to be able to do this. And so and I thought it was awesome. She addressed that. Yeah. And valid to also want your partner to have good communication and to be honest and clear and upfront about things. Like, not a low bar. That shouldn't be a low bar. What am I trying well, to say? Well, didn't she also say, because she knew one of his reservations was the distance, and she's like, we're from all over the country. So, like, what did you expect? Right. Why did you come if you weren't willing to do long distance? I think sometimes these guys from other like seasons come or come back because it's a free vacation and they get to just bro out with all the guys on the beach. Yep. And it's really obnoxious and kind of evident. And Tyler seems to be no exception. Like I. (laughs) So Tyler says that he's been like waiting to feel a spark, but basically alludes that he hasn't felt it yet. And I can just see like the horror in her eyes and in her body when she's like what do you mean you haven't felt a spark and he's like well like I'm open to feeling the spark but I haven't felt it yet and she's like why are we even doing this if you're not feeling a spark kind of alluding to the fact that she obviously was feeling a spark with him and then finding out that's not mutual which is geez so hurtful especially this late in the game yeah they have committed to each other probably for what like three weeks now I don't know. Yeah. The Bachelor in Paradise timeline is fuzzy, but I feel like they've (laughs) been together for a minute. They have. And yeah, for him to pull that, just (sighs) fuck Tyler. I hated that. I don't like Tyler. I don't trust him. I thought what happened with Brittany last season was weird. I I don't well, think he's like remember ready the to way be in a when relationship. Rachel was trying to break up with him and he like literally could he was like not hearing the words. Yeah. He just was smiling and nodding and acting like, like actually not hearing what Rachel was saying. And it just, I don't know, this nice guy act. I guess kind of on that note, you know, Brandon and Serene last year, uh, Serene came, Serene came forward and said that Brandon cheated. So like this ultimate nice guy act is just an act. Also, like, he was really on Johnny's side with the, the oh, Victoria, Victoria and Johnny thing. And I think that Johnny showed some really problematic behavior as much as I used to be a Johnny fan. And the fact that Tyler was just backing him so blindly is like, that's a red flag. Huge red flag. Yes. To be clear, Johnny, like, what he, yeah. Verbally abused Victoria. um, Screamed at her. Yeah. There was like multiple instances where it sounded like it was like really not okay. Yeah. That was pretty terrible. And yeah. So for guys to back that kind of behavior up, like get out of town. Gabby's ex, Eric, also. Oh, yeah. Anyway, 
So bye, Tyler. And then Mercedes stays and somehow. Yeah. So Tyler and Mercedes, then who do we want to go to? Let's talk about Kat and John Henry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, nothing really happened, but I think next week he's like considering getting engaged and it's blowing my fucking mind. Talk to me. Why? (laughs) Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, just because like, I mean, Kat and John Henry, I think have been like a solid couple for less time than Mercedes and Tyler. So that's the first one. Also, Kat has had connections with like two other guys. I'm not trying to bash on Kat. I'm just trying to say like they have not been a solid item for a long period of time. And so now all of a sudden next week, people are going to be pressured into like, hey, are you, do you see yourself having a future with this person outside of paradise? And like, maybe you should end this with an engagement and la di da di da And I think that John Henry is just, unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot of his own, I'm going to say gusto. Like, I don't think, I think John Henry is a leaf in the wind and he is easily manipulated. Yeah, he <laughs> seems to be getting a little bowled over at the moment. Um, and Kat is a very strong woman and she knows what she wants. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, he also needs to have his own reasons for doing what he's about to do, right? It, like, if they get engaged, it needs to be because he thinks it's good for him too. Yeah, they're... They're kind of an enigma to me. I think, I believe that they're really into each other. I definitely think there is chemistry there. And I think that there can, there is like potentially to a level of comfort. Did you watch the end credits with them talking about peeing? Yes. Um, that made me laugh. And like, honestly, I was kind of relieved like Kat's laughing at this and like down to have kind of weird conversations. So like, I don't know. They also have some comfort there. So yeah. John Henry doesn't seem to have the strongest personality, but then like, I mean, it's not like he's going to develop that now if he hasn't. So at the end of the day too, if Kat fills his cup, like. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes couples like that exist where it's like, um, you know, I know a quieter guy or woman needs to be with a more outspoken other guy or woman or like same sex whatever i'm just saying like sometimes we are attracted to people who kind of compliment us in the areas we are lacking and vice versa right like i guess sometimes opposites attract is a thing that being said i do think that like every other parts of their like lifestyles and hobbies and what we know about them like doesn't align at all uh what do we know about cat that she doesn't like getting dirty. <laughs> oh, cat. <laughs> I kind of feel that same way too, but there's like levels of it. I don't know. It's like a, I have like, I don't like feeling dirty because it's like a claustrophobic thing or like a texture thing. But like, if I'm really dirty, it doesn't matter. Like camping, whatever. But cat, I don't know a whole lot about cat. She just, she's a lot. Yeah. And that's okay. She and gets maybe, to be a lot. And maybe like maybe he wants a lot. Yeah. Some guys I just I just don't want him to get engaged because Kat's like, we should get engaged. What if his kink though is kind of like like he wants to be dominated? Yeah, being a sub. Like, what if that's something that he's into? And Kat's like, it's I don't know in heteronormative relationships how common, you know, maybe it is really common. I don't know that women can be like more dominant but like maybe he's really into it maybe that's exactly the type of woman he's always wanted maybe i'm playing devil's advocate i I I was gonna say jess is definitely playing devil's advocate right now (laughs) and i still think they shouldn't get engaged even if even if they should be together five years down the road i still think it's too soon for them to be engaged for sure i really no i don't know why i'm being devil's advocate i actually really hate that typically so sorry um i don't know i'm just kind of floored like part of me there are some things about Kat that she rejects uh, that I think get projected onto women that I still kind of am like, I I see the appeal of Kat. And then also I know that like everything you're saying is also very true. So hopefully they make a good decision and just leave as a couple. Like that can be fine too. Absolutely. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because they're they're still there. They're they're loving each other. They're oh, doing yeah. the thing. Um, what other couples? Okay, we have the Rachel mess. Should we dissect that? Oh yeah. 
So Rachel just like really shoots her shot with uh, Jordan. Jordan V. She's like, I'm going to give you my rose. I'm so glad we went on that date. And this is after I felt like she left the conversation with Tanner saying that she was like open to exploring things with Tanner. Anyways, the Rachel thing has me kind of confused because I'm like, Tanner, Jordan, Tanner, Jordan. Oh, I think that might have happened. But then I think she was donezo with Tanner after he made the Gabby joke. But wait, what was the timeline of that? Because didn't he come to talk to her after her date with Jordan? And that's when she said that she was like open to it? Yes, but then the roast happened. The roast happened after. Yeah, so I think she just was like, that was an ick for her. That's fair. That is fair. That was a low blow, Tanner. Okay, well, that's just where we left the Tanner conversation. So I was a little bit unsure of where her emotions lied. Totally fair. She tells Jordan, like, I want to like see where this goes. I'm glad we have the second chance. And then Tyler leaves and Mercedes is free and Jordan just waltzes over to Mercedes and shoots a shot and we're like, well, what the fuck is happening with Rachel? And then even more shocking, even though Mercedes, like, rightly so, had reservations, should have left the beach, gives her goddamn rose to Jordan. Don't you think she could have had, like, a conversation with Rachel about that? Yes, because Rachel clearly was, like, not prepared for that. The look on her face. Well, of course not. And that's why producers had Mercedes do it first. Yes, I knew I knew as soon as that happened that Mercedes was going to get to go first. Like, yeah, that was a production move. Um that was really that made me sad for Rachel. Uh especially that she just I and props to Rachel for recognizing that she too needed to go. Like she was yeah. not going to give her rose to somebody to stay. Um and she got out of there. That was a sad way for her to end paradise. It was. Jesse was really sweet. I appreciated Jesse talking to her. I have to say, and I know this is a side note, but I really feel like with this, um, I feel like Jesse is like stepping up into his bachelor era. Yes. <laughs> because I feel like with his hosting on Paradise and don't even get me started on his hosting on Golden Bachelor. <gasps> well, yeah. Okay. We rewinded in. We are going to talk about the Golden Bachelor. We're going to do a whole episode, whole episode on Golden Bachelor. Ugh, yes. But like, I feel like Jesse is really showing up as like a present and empathetic host in so many ways. Absolutely. And I'm just very impressed. No, I am too. I think he did such a good job and like was really sincere and sweet with Rachel. And that made me happy. And it's like, okay. Oh. So that was a bummer, and I really appreciated Brayden. He showed up. He put his best foot forward. He fucked up a little bit, and you know what? Honestly, like, everybody's messy on this beach. I'm not going to hold anybody to too high of a standard. I don't think Brayden did anything, like, so atrocious. And honestly, kind of listening to a self-reflection and hearing that, like, I would be happy to see Brayden again next season on Bachelor in Paradise. And also him ending with like, I want to do better. I don't know. And like, yes. who knows if that was just like words for the camera, but I I believed him and I just feel like I have, I've loved Brayden's journey on Paradise despite the mess and I, yeah. I want to see him back. Same. And I, you know what, I actually, I really hate when people are trying to apologize what and what they really need to say is I'll do better. Like, you saying you're sorry is to comfort yourself and to, like, get rid of your own discomfort. Yeah. Like, and you can say you're sorry. It's not to say that you shouldn't. But, like, the next thing is, is I'm going to do better. And the fact that Brayden said that, I'm with you. I loved that. I'm I'm excited to see Brayden in his fashion on the beach again. And I really hope that he gets to come back. Well, and I love that he gave, like, Olivia his rose when his – Date didn't That's turn up. Right. Like Brayden had some, I mean, he had some really messy moments, but he had some really good moments. He absolutely did. I I have we have concluded the season with me as a, a fan of Brayden. Hashtag team Brayden as of right now. Yeah, don't ruin it. <laughs> don't mess it up. Um, another couple, Olivia and Michael. Yeah, that's another weird one in that it's like there's not enough it's time. So new. So new, but like 
enjoy. Hopefully they can just agree that they're going to leave the beach as a thing and see where it goes in life. Okay, my one... Okay, I'm a huge Olivia fan. I still stand by the fact that I think she would be a very entertaining bachelorette to watch. Absolutely. Um, My one critique of Miss Olivia is I feel like she... Like, after all is said and done, I do think she's, like, a little bit of a pick-me girl. Yeah. I think she, like, is just, like, falling for guys a little too easily. Well, and, like, was it last time we pointed out that she's only hanging out with the guys? Well, yeah, but that's hard because we don't know if the girls are just kind of, like, being shitty and catty because Kat was really shitty. I know that. But, like, there are sort of, like, little tell signs where it's, like, "Mm, to be determined. I mean, I still think she's fabulous television, and I have really appreciated her narration. This I was going to say, without her narrating, the season would have been lame. <laughs> and she is clearly somebody who deserves to be loved and cherished because she is clearly capable of, like, she does care for people. On the one hand, I feel like Olivia is capable of being, like, the most authentic, but then she has these moments where I feel like she, like, plays into a scenario too much where she almost becomes like a character of herself. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. And so it's for me, it's hard to know sometimes when she's being like real and when she's not. That being said, I still find her fabulous. I want more people like Olivia to be on Paradise. Well, Um, yeah, just people with personality. Yeah, with attitude, willing to like call it what it is. Yes, and I really do appreciate when people call bullshit out. Like, yes, this is, in fact, what we are here for. I also love that she's managed to stay. And, like, Michael seems like a good dude. Like, yeah. that's good for we her. We don't know him very well, but um, I just – this part of Paradise is just tricky because it's like, what are these new couples supposed to do? Yeah, and it always feels kind of rotten of – um production and I know they've got to come somehow like keep the show going but like maybe we could find another way to wrap things up that doesn't involve sending brand new people down on the beach with you know two weeks to go yeah um and in in the case of Olivia and Michael like it's actually working out really well yeah I guess Jordan and Mercedes too by stroke of luck speaking of new couples Jess calling out Tanner's name and (gasps) Taylor walking forward Oh, and she's like, Tanner, Tanner. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> that poor guy, he was like willing his name out of her mouth. He's and like, it, yep, she said my name. Just started charging forward. And Tanner was started walking down behind him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't make that shit up. That I feel poor- like that's something that I would do. It's like when people wave. And it's like, oh, not at me. So I don't wave at anybody anymore. So if you see me and wave, I'm not waving back ever because I'm not going to get bamboozled into waving when you're not waving at me. So I relate and I feel for him. And yeah, that was, that was. Like, that's his memorable moment. Nobody knows who this guy even fucking is. But that's what he's going to be remembered for. I'm glad you said his name because I couldn't even remember his name. Taylor. Taylor. Poor Taylor. Tanner. Taylor. Ten, he got to ten. Ta, oh, me. Me, me, me. Ta, I'm ta. ta. Panicked. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that is a real bummer. But. Honestly, this season has been so much fun. I have loved that there haven't been very many stable couples. Yeah, the mess has kept giving and giving and giving. I think it's hard because it has been paired with Golden Bachelor. And Golden Bachelor has been really good in a very different way. But I feel like Paradise has kind of been like, Paradise is dumb this year. Like, it's been outshone by Golden Bachelor. And I, yeah, I disagree. I disagree. I think they have both been equally. I think they delivered. Very fun. I was able to wrap up Golden Bachelor this week as I was finishing or not finishing, but doing my holiday baking. And man, I was laughing, sobbing. Like there was so much. I am pumped to talk to you about it. Yeah, we're going to. And if anybody's listening to this this far that hasn't watched The Golden Bachelor. Like catch up. You have time. Catch up. But also I will say in so many ways – 
it's been actually like outside of the bachelor verse still a very good show to watch like i yeah. think it's been really fun to watch people in their 60s and 70s the friendships their life experiences are so much richer everything about it is just so much better than watching younger people who are so insecure and struggling and really i don't know it's just it's so vastly different it's it's a completely different tone of show. Yeah, like it really I is. I truly have actually like from the bottom of my heart really enjoyed it and really have liked all of the women. Gary, but that's okay, you know. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more in our episode. I have thoughts on that. But I really do think it is such a different um experience mm-hmm. in the Bachelor franchise and the types of connections and conversations and dynamics and friendships, you can't even compare it to the stuff we normally see. And no, I just was very, I mean, I struggled with it in the very beginning. Um, After I think that it was the second episode, I was just like, I don't know if I'm here for this. But man, it has won my heart back. I was very impressed. I with think it. that was that one week with the, the photo it was shoot. the photo shoot. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? But then after that, they found the rhythm. Yeah, they did. And damn, the show delivered. So if you haven't watched it, watch it. We're going to cover it this week. Um, maybe we'll, I don't know, Justin and I need to figure out if we're going to, how we're going to do the Paradise finale because we're obviously going to do that too. So we're going to figure it out and we're going to post about it. But stay tuned. We're thrilled to talk about it. And anything else? No, this has been fun. I know. We're closing the door on Great British Bake Off. And and we're going to open the door to something else. And you have to stay tuned to find out what it is. We don't even know what it is. We don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We have like 20 pretty consistent listeners and we are grateful for every single one of you and even for the random people that find their way here. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you. 